0: The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. So DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Now, for all new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of an offer. DraftKings is giving you a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. Yep, you heard that right. All it takes is one touchdown, Brady and Mahomes, and your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BULL, B-U-L-L, to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Plus, all new customers will have a shot to double their money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's code BULL, B-U-L-L, Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash predictions dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler or in Indiana 1 800 9 with it or in Colorado 1 800 522 4700 this is the si fantasy podcast
1: head to si.com fantasy
2: for all the latest news advice and more to help you win your league
3: look at his athletic ability his explosiveness he's very good in the red zones able to get you those touchdowns i mean this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions that's pretty much unheard of
0: don't forget to subscribe to si fantasy plus for even
2: more content you won't find anywhere else every single running back in his first year as the featured back under andy Reid, dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano.
3: Yo, yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and Michael Fabiano. Here we go, Mike. It is that time we are getting ready for the culmination of what definitely was one of the most interesting NFL seasons that we will ever live through, but it's finally here. Here we are, down to the final two teams in the tournament, the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. What's going on with you?
2: Yeah, man, I can't wait for it. It's going to be interesting with the lack of fans. Of course, there hasn't been Radio Row this season, and there's supposed to be some weather rolling through the Tampa Bay area when the game is going on. So a lot of uh, different factors, but this one's going to be fun. We're we're going to be watching history. This is the 10th Super Bowl for Tom Brady, and if he wins this thing, boy, there's no question he's the GOAT, but, I mean, he, he just solidifies it even further with a win over Patrick Mahomes and the favored Kansas City Chiefs. No doubt. So we're going to
3: hop into that and break that down a little bit also a little bit later on in the program mike and ben hysler had a chance to speak with mark ingram so we'll throw that interview your way as well break down the super bowl game get into some fantasy uh foot fantasy football super bowl facts courtesy of mike's article that's right now on si.com but i want to start with some of the latest news going on around the league with these quarterback positions obviously everybody's talking about the comment that um Brett Favre made yesterday in regards to Deshaun Watson. Listen, Favre has a right to his opinion. You can disagree with it or not disagree with it. We've seen mm-hmm. Brett Favre hold teams hostage, hold the Packers hostage for several seasons. So, you know, it is what it is on that front. Mainly much to do about it, nothing. Not a lot of not a lot of stuff coming out of Super Bowl week with no radio row. But um, let's get in the hand, and let's start with Deshaun Watson. What's the latest with him? I,
2: I Listen, the Texans don't have to move this dude. No, they don't. And... It could get ugly if you if you think that Houston is going to dig in their heels and Watson potentially digs in his heels and you get into camps and I don't know what's happening this offseason because of COVID. But if you get to training camp and these two sides are still at odds and Watson is still a Texan, well, you could see a scenario where he doesn't show up and the Texans find him. And it gets ugly, and from a fantasy perspective, well, we don't want that. So there's been reports that the Raiders are open to trading Derek Carr, which would potentially open the door for them to get into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Uh, Watson reportedly would not veto a trade to the Jets, uh, according to Ralph uh, Vacchiano from SNY. There's going to be all kinds of rumors over the next, several weeks and months until something either happens or doesn't happen. For me, from a fantasy perspective, one of two things, stay in Houston or trade to San Francisco. Denver wouldn't be bad either, but ultimately I'd probably guess Watson would be a Texan, but they've got a lot of healing to do in terms of that relationship. You know, Bill O'Brien's gone They've, they've turned around their front office, the coaching staff, everyone is on the same page and they want Watson. We also know, based on a report uh, from John McClain, and I talked to him on my SiriusXM show a couple of weeks ago, it would take two firsts, two second, and two really good young defensive players for the Texans to maybe even think about it. That's a lot. It's going to cost a lot. Definitely
3: is going to cost a lot in the will be the story of the NFL offseason. So we'll be tracking that for you right here on SI.com and SI Fantasy. Um, so here's my my take on it. Listen, we just saw a situation where same city, different sport, new general manager comes in, new head coach comes in. The old star says, I want out by any means necessary. James Harden forced himself out of Houston. Now, James Harden is towards the back end of his career, you know, gained Mm -hmm. a couple pounds. Mm -hmm. Sean Watson is up and coming star at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to to, to part ways with that. You would think that, you know, maybe cooler heads prevail at some point. But if I'm Watson, I definitely want to know that you're not going to be trading with my best player. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think think a uh, a lot of what happens with Watson also will have to do with what the Texans do this offseason, right? Will Fuller's a free agent. I'm sure Watson wants him back. Yep. They, they played very well together. They were a very uh, reliable, productive duo from a fantasy perspective. Houston's got to they, – they have to get themselves into a position where Watson feels more confident that this team is moving into the right direction. And trading New Hopkins was not that direction. And Andre Johnson's comments on social media – Those probably swayed Watson away from remaining with Houston. At the end of the day, none of us really know. We're just guessing. So maybe Houston can mend the relationship. Maybe they can't. Maybe there's a point, Corey, where they say, you know what? We're going to trade him because we just can't, can't get over what's happened in the past.
3: All right, so let's get ready to hop in and break this thing down. Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's start off with the AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, 14-2 and on the regular season. Obviously, we all know the head coach is Andy Reid. The quarterback is the great Patrick Mahomes on the outside. You got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey also coming off an historic season. You got plenty of weapons in the backfield. Nobody really to specifically point the football at. But the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of the team that's been the favorite in the AFC all year, losing only two games on the season and running through the playoffs. As such, on the NFC side, we have the 11 and 5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, first year with the team, coached by Bruce Arians, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin on the outside, Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Now got some studs on that defensive line. Also, the Chiefs, I mean, excuse me, the Buccaneers, uh, came in as the wild card, worked their way all the way through and now are the first team in NFL history to be playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. I would ask you this before we get into it. Do you know what was the, what was the closest to uh, a team playing Super Bowl in their home stadium outside of this game?
2: I remember this, and I'm trying to think about it. It's It was a team that played in the same area, but it wasn't. A home stadium. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Was it in California?
3: It was in California. This is correct.
2: Okay. Again, I am... Before everyone gets bored, give them the answer. I'm close. I have it at the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it though. I'm not sure which year
3: it was, but at one point, the San Francisco 49ers played in the Super Bowl. That's right. That yes. Was played at, at the University of California stadium.
2: Right. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Yep.
3: I've yeah, I all seen the, the great highlight
2: what, of Marshawn Lynch whipping around
3: the trainer's cart in yeah. that stadium.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go back and look that one up, but that's right. I know there was there was at least one instance where it was close to happening but uh, ultimately did not
3: yes the Dallas Cowboys were not able to pull it off the year that they had the game Ugh. down in Jerry's world hopefully it'll be back in Jerry's world soon but that's neither here nor them all right Mike let's get in there and hop this one and hop in here and break this one down Kansas City Chiefs three point favorites right now I'm looking at a total has kind of bounced around a little bit but right now I am looking at a total of 56, 56 and, a six and, a six half, right? and a half right six and a half Kansas City's a three point favorite all right getting here what do you think Mike this is going to be a lot of people are going to be on the favorite in this one, but the other side obviously is
2: Tom Brady. Right. And if the weather becomes an issue, then the under could be a pretty good play. Yeah. The last time these two teams faced off, they did not hit the 56 point total combined. It was close, uh, but they did not get there. So weather could be a factor. They're talking about a chance of thunderstorms throughout the day. Although the chances of rain decrease as the day goes on. And this is of course going to be an evening kickoff. So, Maybe the weather won't be as much of a factor. Uh, We're going to have to stick around and find out. The last time these two teams played, both quarterbacks had three touchdown passes. Mahomes threw for almost 500 yards. Uh, Tyreek had that bananas game. There's no way that's going to happen again. Travis Kelsey, though, eight catches in that game. I think that could certainly happen. Kelsey could end up being the first tight end to ever win a Super Bowl MVP. It's never happened before. There's never been a tight end to uh, to win that award. Kelsey could potentially be the first here in this game. Although, of course, you know, they always go with the quarterback position, even maybe when the quarterback doesn't deserve it. Uh, You could argue that was the case last year with Damian Williams, who also deserved to win the MVP based on his play. But I think this is going to be a high scoring game, but maybe not to the total. If the weather is an issue, it's going to be a close game. I remember earlier on in the week, uh, I was talking to Frankie and uh, I was I was suggesting, well, maybe you get that half a point with the, uh, with the bucks, maybe that's the way to go. And that could, uh, that could put you over the, over the top there in terms of fantasy. Well, you would expect a high scoring game. I wouldn't be having much confidence in any Kansas city running back. I guess Daryl Williams, I have him ranked ahead of Clyde Edward Tiller at this point. And, and mostly it's chalk. The, the X factor could be, does Antonio Brown play or not? Now he was doubtful earlier in the week. And now It looks like he's trending towards playing, whatever it is, what it is. I mean, whatever, whatever Antonio Brown has to do to get that knee right, he'll, he'll do it. And I would assume he'd be out there, but that, that brings in, uh, you know, another weapon for Tom Brady. And I also feel like one thing that we have to keep in mind, this could be big is Eric Fisher's out. And if Tampa Bay can put the kind of pressure on Mahomes that they put on Aaron Rodgers in the NFC championship game, well, then they've got a chance to, to win this game without question. That, to me, is going to be the biggest factor. Can Tampa Bay's defense, and you can't stop the Chiefs' offense, but can you contain it to the point where your team and your offense is going to have a chance uh, on the other side? Think about it. Kansas City's defense also uh, is, is a pretty stout unit. You can run on them. Leonard Fournette, I would think, would be more of a featured back. That's been the case during the postseason with Ronald Jones with the quad and then really Bruce Arians is lean on Fournette because he's just been that good. He was the most productive running back based on fantasy points during the postseason. So I would think that Tampa Bay will lean on Fournette both as a runner and as a pass catcher, but this week on DK, you don't need to have a running back. So, because it's, it's a, it's a showdown. And so I, I wonder how many people will actually even use a running back. When you look at the salaries one popular DFS play this week will be Ronald Jones because he's only $2,200. He's like $400 more than Byron Pringle. So for all you DFS folks out there, you could take a look at that. But this is going to be a high-scoring game, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch as long as the weather doesn't become an issue. And again, that's something we have to watch over the next couple of days.
3: No doubt about it. You can make definitely check out all the content on SI.com and the Super Bowl, obviously, Frankie's picks and everybody from the SI fantasy and gambling team. That'll be coming out on Friday a.m. So you get your prop bet straight, get your Super Bowl wages straight, and go ahead and have a good weekend and head on into the offseason. Now earlier this week, Mike you did a column 55 Fantasy Facts on the Super Bowl. Obviously, this is being Super Bowl 55. And mm-hmm. taking a look through it this morning, I want to kind of go through some of the ones and talk to you about some of the things, just from my memory of Super Bowls, you know, obviously I've seen every one of these things since I was a child. I can mm-hmm. remember all the way back to I think the earliest one, I'm I i would not be sure which one is which, right? Which one have been mm-hmm. earlier? But I think my earliest Super Bowl memory would be um John Riggins. I believe the play is called mm-hmm. Red Right eighty two. And um mm-hmm. remember John Riggins busting off that run. Yeah, yeah obviously he, huh?
2: he do you do you remember the defender you're talking about the game against Miami, right? Yeah. That was Super Bowl 17. And do you remember the defender that he dragged for a few yards before he ultimately busted that run? Oh, I'm not sure who was that. That's a good Don, one. Don McNeil. Wow. Don McNeil, number 28. I don't know why I remember that. I just do. Don McNeil was the guy that he dragged for a while uh and root uh on that on that big run. Yeah, my first Super Bowl memory, the first Super Bowl I ever watched. Was Super Bowl 16, which was the 49ers against the Bengals at the Pontiac Silverdome. The Niners were ahead most of the game. Cincinnati came back and made it close late uh, behind Kenny Anderson. And I'm pretty sure that's the game that Dan Ross had a monster game. Uh, one of the biggest. It's actually the biggest fantasy performance from a tight end in the history of Super Bowl. Uh, Dan Ross. Had eleven catches, one hundred and four yards, and two touchdowns in that game.
3: Okay, so now, so now my 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 Super are all off because I clearly remember that game as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Which one was the Marcus Allen game? What year was uh, that? Marcus
2: Allen game was eighty four. That was Super Bowl eighteen. Okay, thirty uh, eight. Thirty eight uh, to nine. Uh, the Raiders beat the Redskins. Marcus Allen had that reverse field seventy four yeah. yard touchdown run. And that was the longest touchdown run in Super Bowl history until Willie Parker had a seventy-five Parker. yarder against the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty.
3: I want to come back to that game because that's it's, it's a controversy surrounding that game yes. that uh, one of our friends talks about uh, a lot. Um, Fast Willie Parker from the University of North Carolina had a cup of tea uh, in some in some in you know in some fantasy lineups a couple years, but uh, never was really able to stick much after that. All right, so. Here's here's the thing, right? So, the you know all those great memories and stuff like that. Now, the John Riggins, if I'm not mistaken, did they play the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game that
2: year? There was a stretch of three years where we lost, and I say we because I'm a Cowboys fan, and so are you. In the NFC Championship game, we lost to the Eagles. Remember that in '81, I. Did not watch that game. Um, I, I I had not I had not watched a Super Bowl at that point. My first again was the, the following year, and then of course the Niners the next year with uh, the catch, and yes the the following year we we lost and that was kind of the end of the line there for Man. Danny White's run as uh, as yes. as you know a, a, the the Cowboys quarterback getting us to the NFC Championship.
3: No doubt, and Gary Hogaboom came along after no. that. Now I remember that. Specifically, because I, I was a kid, so I had fear. Mm-hmm. I was scared because obviously the great Britt Musburger, the broadcast starts. I you can probably find this on YouTube. The the intro to the nineteen whatever year that was NFC Championship game, and the game comes on, and Britt Musburger says, "You are looking live at RFK nah, Stadium, the yes, yes. nation's capital." And if, and if I remember, went, it, yeah. and when they yeah. went live, the stanchion in RFK was bouncing, and they was chanting, yes. "Beat Dallas." before the game started and i was like this is going to be a tough one right here
2: and ultimately we got our butts kicked in that game but i do remember that i remember the the crowd was so raucous that that stadium was shaking like yep. i remember them talking yeah that the cowboys i tell you man that the, the first heartbreak as as a sports fan for me was the the catch game cuz i thought you know we we were in good shape And, um, you know, Montana and and Clark did what they did. Montana, of course, was the magic man back then. And, yeah, three straight. And then it kind of went downhill for the Cowboys for a while. Gary Hogeboom couldn't do
3: nothing. But one thing about the NFC Championship game I remember and why that run and Super Bowl stuck out to me, because I remember uh, towards the end of the game as Washington was beating up on Dallas, John Riggins took his helmet off, came out to the middle of the field, and did a bow. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, this son of a gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, here's a great yeah. one right here. Here's one of the facts right here. So Tony Eason only attempted six passes in Super Bowl 20. Now mm-hmm. that would be the New England Patriots versus Chicago Bears. Obviously, that stout defense, the great 85 Bear team. Yep. And I just remember the video, the Super Bowl shuffle. What yo, that was the wildest I that, when dude. I
2: first saw that. <laughs> I know, man. That was funny, dude. Even like his Walter Payton, like Walter Payton. You know he's uh, is in that video. I always thought that that was he kind of he kind of looked like he didn't belong in there because Peyton was all business, no nonsense kind of guy. Yeah, and um and you know he was in the video.
3: That girl was slick
2: though. I was like, it was that's right, (laughs) Jim Jim McMahon. You know all that that and the Bears had it going on, man. I mean it's it's a surprise that they only won one Super Bowl with that defense and that team. Which quarterback? That right? Well, I mean they had what one loss and the one loss that season came to, against Miami in a Monday Miami night Dolphins. game. If I, if, if, if memory football. serves me.
3: Yep. Miami, uh, Miami Dolphins on Monday night football, yep. uh, Mark Duper and Mark Clayton, the wide receivers for the Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino was the quarterback. Um, number 16 is interesting one right here. Cause I remember this game. Well, also, uh, Steve McNair holds the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback with 64 yards against the St. Louis Rams. Um, this, in my opinion, this is the best Super Bowl ever. Um, just that play, stop at the one yard line. I'm a big, big, big Steve McNair fan. I think that Steve McNair should be put in the NFL Hall of Fame. Really, a Fourth of July does not go by without me thinking about Steve McNair. I remember watching Steve McNair as a as a as a young college football player at Alcorn State. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big game. I remember with me and she was my girlfriend at the time, the mother of my 19 year old son. Now, we went and watched that game at a bar in the Port Authority in New York City, the Port Authority bus terminal. So it was $45 open bar for the whole game. Oh, wow. thirty dollars Yo, I told them to bring the Hennessy bottle and put it on the table. (laughs) 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 That's when I was still full of youth, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I cannot do that now. But back in those days, I was all for it.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that was, uh, of course, the game that ended with Kevin Dyson trying to extend the football over the goal line, tackled by Mike Jones, and the Rams take home the title. I remember that one. That was a uh, that was certainly a memorable game. You know what's interesting? If you look at the stats
3: for London Fletcher and the stats for Ray Lewis, they're very similar. But you would Fletcher never was a
2: hell of a linebacker. You dude. would he never was look really at him good. as a Hall of Famer, but Ray Lewis was first ballot, but their numbers are very similar. London Fletcher had a great career. He played for a long time. He played, I think he played like what, like he played double digit years. I'm not exactly sure how many. I want to say like, you know, he played maybe, you know, 12 to to 14 years. I I don't know off the top of my head, but I remember he, he played for a long, long time. He had a really great career. Uh, He had a stretch of seasons. Every year he had a hundred plus tackles every single year. Yeah. He was like super durable. I I don't think he ever missed a game in the national football league. I don't think he ever missed a game. (laughs) And now I'm looking it up starting in 2000 with the Rams all the way to 2013. So he was a rookie in 98 in 2000 with the Rams all the way down to his last season in Washington. He had at least 111 tackles and that was the least that he had. And that was in his final season had 166 tackles, which led the NFL in 2011. He was an absolute tackle monster, uh, a guy that you wanted in your IDP leagues. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was all. Uh, he
3: definitely was a star. Uh, since today is today, might as well go ahead and get into this one. Fantasy football, Super Bowl fact number 22. Nick Foles is the lone player in NFL history to throw a touchdown pass and catch a touchdown pass in the same Super Bowl. His catch was a one-yard pass from Trey Burton. It's in the Hall of Fame right now. You can mm-hmm. win. Hopefully, we go back to the Hall of Fame for the Kings Classic in 2021. So. We'll get to see that play. Obviously, it's known as the Philly Special. Today is the anniversary, I believe, the three-year anniversary of that play. And, Mike, I remember going into halftime, I said they have to try to score before the half mm-hmm. if they're going to try to win this game. And that's one of the all-time great calls in Super Bowl history.
2: Yeah, man. And, and the magic of Nick Foles, right? He's lousy everywhere else, but in <laughs> Philadelphia, I don't know what it was about the city of brotherly love. Nick Foles was a championship caliber quarterback. Remember that season where he had twenty-seven touchdowns and two picks. Yes, he didn't start the season as the guy, but he took over, and boy, he was really, really good. And it's it's amazing because when you think about that season, remember how good Carson Wentz was that season. Yep, he was, he was amazing, he was and then he went way with the MVP. And right. And then, and then he blew out his knee against the Rams. If, if memory serves and, and Nick Foles became the hero and people forget Carson Wentz was really good. That's season. He was like a top five fantasy quarterback. Then he got hurt and everything went to hell after that for the most part. Yeah, it's, it's been all downhill from there, from there since from, for Carson Wentz.
3: Um, but that was definitely a, a special play, special moment for the city of brotherly love as they get their lone Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, you know, good times. You know, listen, the, the Nick Foles thing was the interesting, but the year the twenty-seven touchdowns and the two interceptions, that year, Doctor Roto, this we were still doing the show on XM at this time, mm-hmm. and Doctor Roto had picked up Nick Foles, and started playing Nick Foles, and Doctor Roto's team with Nick Foles, I believe that team either finished second or third in the NFFC Online Championship. Oh wow, the that's overall, great. Yeah. He, 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 him, and Nick Foles gave it a hell of a run. Shout out to my man, Doctor Roto. All right, number twenty-three. Only two non-quarterbacks have scored more than forty fantasy points in Super Bowl. One was Jerry Rice, who scored forty-three point nine in Super Bowl. The other was James White, my man, Jimmy White, the PP all machine. But Mm -hmm. Mike, this is really about Jerry Rice. And for my money, Jerry Rice is the best football player ever. That's not a quarterback.
2: Yeah, I, I I could not argue with that point. He scored. Uh, now th- and remember, this is in this is in four Super Bowls. He scored, I believe, the total was about 141 points total, somewhere in that range. Regardless, he is second behind Tom Brady. Tom Brady has played in nine Super Bowls, and yes, it was 141.4 for Rice. Tom Brady has played nine Super Bowls. He's only 31 points ahead of Jerry Rice. And he's a quarterback. That's crazy. Think about that. (laughs) Think, Think about that. Jerry Rice averaged over 34 points a game in Super Bowls. And he had his final Super Bowl was, of course, with the Raiders. And he had a pretty decent game. It wasn't a huge game. He holds the NFL record for the most receiving yards in the Super Bowl. He leads the NFL in terms of fantasy points by a wide receiver in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's got all the records. He's got all the records. Even in a game, remember the Joe Montana to John Taylor yes. uh, championship, where Montana was in the huddle and said, "Hey, that's John Candy John in Candy. the stands."
3: Mm-hmm. Was that the one at the Pontiac Silverdome?
2: That, no, 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 no. That no. was I, that was not in the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, I'd have to look up exactly where that okay. one was. That was, that was okay. an out. That was an outdoor. Uh, Venue that was in Joe Robbie that was in Miami. So that was but the one Jerry that Rice Robbie, had, the John
3: Taylor one, the one in the yes. Silver Dome was the moment Anthony Munoz broke his leg.
2: That right, that was the that okay. was the earlier Super Bowl that okay, the it. Niners had played. Dan Ross uh, one. That was the first one that right. That's the first Super Bowl that I ever saw uh, as okay, a kid. Got it. And Jerry Rice won the MVP, rightly so. He had eleven for two fifteen and a touchdown. His numbers were just insane in, in the big game, and it'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. And every time I think about Jerry Rice and every time I think about John Elway, you know what I think about? How close the Cowboys were to getting both of those guys. Crazy, right? Both of them.
3: Yep. Yep. It almost happened. They were definitely in the running for
2: that one. The Cowboys Cowboys were, I believe, the pick after the Niners when they took Rice. And the Cowboys had a trade on the table for John Elway. And it included Danny White, which would have broken my heart at the time because I love Danny White. And ultimately, Denver swooped in and got Elway where the Cowboys might have
3: made the move. The Cowboys were hot on the trail of John Elway that year. They were one of the teams that really was rumored to be putting itself in the position to go get John Elway. Um, so that, 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 that was also very good. But like a lot of people in Dallas were like kind of tied into Danny White. and They thought he'd have a chance to do it. Uh, number 33, Timmy Smith has rushed for more yards in the Super Bowl than any running back in NFL history putting up 204 yards in Super Bowl 22.
2: Is that the Doug Williams game, Mike? That's the Doug Williams game, right? That's the mm-hmm. Doug Williams game. Uh Timmy Smith still holds the record uh after all these years that happened in 1988. All these years he still holds the record. Marcus Allen had 191 rushing yards in that game against Washington, but that was the uh that was the closest. Uh, that's the closest total. That happened uh, a few seasons before Timmy Smith did that. And what's interesting is that Timmy Smith is still tied for sixth in all-time Super Bowl rushing yardage. All time. He played in one game. That's crazy. And he's tied for sixth. And the guys ahead of him all had multiple Super Bowls. All of them. You're talking about guys like Emmitt, uh, Franco Harris, Larry Zonka, Terrell Davis, John Riggins, and he's tied with Thurman Thomas. Of course, Thomas had four Super Bowl appearances. So that that's that's a and then Timmy Smith disappeared. Like he, yeah, he was disappeared. He, was he ended up playing for the Cowboys for like a New York minute, and then his career was over. So I that, that
3: little stretch he had with the Cowboys.
2: That is that's one of the most out of nowhere Super Bowl performances. Maybe the most out of nowhere Super Bowl performance that you will ever ever find.
3: Legendary performance from Doug Williams. Also a legendary SI cover. I remember the cover with Doug Williams on. I mean, remember the Sports Illustrated magazine with Doug Williams on the cover after that big win. And I remember them having that parade through Washington, D.C. That was a very, very proud franchise in the 80s,
2: Mike. It was, man. You know, you had the Hogs. And, of course, you know, Joe Gibbs was the head coach. And you had the – remember the Smurfs? Yep. Uh-huh. Remember that? Remember, remember there was a game against the Cowboys too? Choice, where where they, they would sell, so, up. They, they would right <laughs> Michael Downs. Michael Downs.
3: Yeah, I know, dude. I
2: know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Redskins were a very proud franchise back uh back in the day. Hopefully they'll get back to that. I don't know what they're going to be called. Uh, <laughs> I would I would guess Probably. they will not be the football team in twenty twenty-one. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they do get back to you know that that proud tradition because the Redskins That's that's one of the great franchises in the National Football League. They've they've had a whole lot of success, man.
3: So we talked about Willie Parker earlier and obviously our boy, the king, Scott Angle brings up. You cannot mention that game to Scott Angle without him telling you the Seahawks should have won that game. But the referees stole it from the Seahawks because they wanted to see Jerome Bettis win Super Bowl in his hometown. Scott's the conspiracy theorist now.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I, I remember there was was it a was it a holding call? Was it Locklear? I can't remember I, again off the top of my head. There was a couple of bad calls that the referees made, and, and a lot of Seahawks fans were not too pleased about it. And ultimately, because if you remember that game, Ben Roethlisberger played like garbage. He was terrible. He was terrible in that game. If memory serves, again, I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think. I think he had like nine completions in that game. I want to say he completed like nine passes. He, he didn't have a touchdown pass. I think he had a couple of picks in that game. He was brutal. Brutal. But it was the and and the only touchdown pass the Steelers threw in that game I think was Antoine Randall. L. Yeah, he he was the one that threw the only
3: touchdown pass yeah. in that game.
2: Mm-hmm. So, it was um it was a it was a very uh a memorable Super Bowl in that it was in Detroit, where no one really wanted to be because it was wicked cold. I was there, and because the referees were uh, well questioned about their decision making on certain plays.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, t- you know, you know, thankfully they have not gone and taken the Super Bowl back to the city of Detroit yet. Normally, you want to get a nice. Uh, the, normally, the NFL media wants a nice, warm location to go and uh, and put a, and put a cherry on top of their season. So that trip to Detroit in February not really not really a good one. I obviously, remember the snowstorm in Atlanta mm-hmm. and you know, all the things <laughs> that went around that one. It was a mm-hmm. white suit. And something happened. I don't want to say too much. You know. <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> yeah. No, I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> the ice storm in Atlanta. But then you know that the day Mike when they had the Super Bowl in New York, it was fifty five degrees that day.
2: It wasn't bad, and they were. We were actually talking about this game because Mike Dempsey, who's my one of my co-hosts on, on Fantasy God, Dirt. Mike Dem- Jackson yeah Mike Dempsey's Dempsey. a good man. He was there and they had these hanging heaters in the press room. And he said that it was so hot in there that all these, you know, dad bodied uh, you know, sports reporters were like stripped down to nothing because it was too hot in that in that room. And that's, that's part of what he remembers, but they were talking about how it, you know, there was a chance of snow, what was going to happen if, if, if the weather got bad and ultimately it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all that bad. The, well, the outcome, uh, if you remember in that game, maybe wasn't the best for the Broncos because they got absolutely just crushed. They got destroyed 43 to eight. And Manning was brutal in that game. That was just a. that was not that was not a great performance. That was the game where the first play was the safety. Right, it was Cliff Averill who tackled NoShawn Marino and right in the end zone for the safety. Yep. I think that was the first play of the game. And well, it was it all down from there.
3: Yeah, but there is one of your, one of your facts is from that game, Mike. Right? Yeah, Demarius, Demarius Thomas.
2: That's right, Demarius Thomas. And you, you would think maybe it's Jerry Rice. Uh, it was Demarius Thomas who actually has the most catches. In a single Super Bowl game, he had 13 in that game. Not surprising because Denver was getting killed the whole time, so they had to throw the football a ton. And, and again, Manning was not good in that game at all. Manning Manning was not good in Super Bowls for he the wasn't, Broncos. Not,
3: like, he wasn't good in the playoffs. It, People it, would always it, talk about how terrible Tony Romo was in the playoffs. I'm like, look at Peyton Manning. Remember the 40, like the 45-3 loss to the Jets? the interception the interception against um against Baltimore he had some terrible playoff performances
2: yeah he did yeah he, he certainly did of course you know w- when when they beat the the bears in, in the super bowl that was with the colts but the two with denver he threw the ball 49 times against seattle because it was all trying to eliminate a deficit that was never going to be eliminated he had a touchdown and two interceptions and he lost a fumble and in the Super Bowl that they won against Carolina in Super Bowl 50, I believe it was, mm-hmm. he scored 3.6 fantasy points. It's tied with Bob Greasy for the fewest fantasy points scored in a game by a quarterback who won the Super Bowl.
3: Oh, wow, interesting stuff right there. Yo, is this, is this correct? Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl four
2: times since Peyton Manning has retired? When did Manning retired? In yes, well, because not Brady. This is his fourth. So, so Manning, Manning retired. I have again. I'd have to go back and and look it up. Uh the last Super Bowl he was in was fifty. So since then, Brady played Atlanta in in the greatest comeback in a Super Bowl. Then the Eagles, the Eagles won. Then the Rams. When that that was a terrible Super Bowl. And then of course last year, New England didn't oh, get to the is. Super Bowl. It was Kansas City. So th- so this would be the fourth time that Brady's been to a Super Bowl since Manning won his Super Bowl uh, with the Broncos in 2016. That is that is
3: crazy. That really shows the longevity and the greatness of Tom Brady. Um, and, you know, Peyton Manning was my favorite quarterback of all time, I think. Is that right? I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I love Peyton Manning. But It's the, two reasons why I don't have Peyton. And trust me, I was the last person to take – see, for me – the GOAT was Joe Montana was the GOAT. And then I had Peyton Manning no. next. And then I had Tom Brady. The comeback versus Atlanta took to me that took Brady to the GOAT status.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: what took Peyton Manning off of my number one was the interception with his legacy on the line versus the Saints. Yep. yep. He needed he needed that game mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. to, to, to be because his regular season record, Mike,
2: is is top notch. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, but, I don't think it, I don't think now there's any question. Like, I, and Joe Montana was the guy back in the day, especially you know we know as Cowboys fans. Yeah, he was just great. He was great, and he he got Kansas City to the postseason too. Yeah, he did. He it was championship game. That they, they they yes. So and, and I remember that there was a game against the Denver Broncos, and I believe it might have been on a Monday night. Remember that game? Who was the wide receiver that that scored that touchdown, right side of the end zone, right in the corner? Was it Willie Davis? Montana, it was back and forth in that game. Back and forth, back and forth. I remember the pass. I
3: don't remember the wide receiver.
2: Yeah, I I think it might have been Willie Davis. uh, Again, off the top of my head, I can't remember. It might have been. But he was just magic, man. Montana was unbelievable. He was just – it didn't matter. The Niners were down. You knew if he had the football in his hands with enough time on the clock, he was going to beat you.
3: No doubt, and that's kind of the way we feel about Tom Brady right now. So, I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, Mike, before we get up out of here, but pass it off to the interview with yourself, Mark Ingram, and Ben Heisler. I am going to go Tampa Bay. Mm. Yes, Tampa Bay 27, the Kansas City Chiefs
2: 23. Ah, so you are also under the total there. I'm under the total, yes. I... Travis Kelsey, uh, close
3: to being the MVP, but the MVP goes to Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, right, I and and people are gonna think this is odd because it seems like anybody who's not like a Bucks or a Patriots or a Brady fan hates him. I don't hate Brady. I love yeah. watching greatness. This guy's great. This I've been listen. I've been watching football since I'm eight years old. Okay, it's thirty-two. No, not even 30, thirty. Thirty-five years. I mean, I like. I've been I've been watching football for a long, long time, man. A long, long time. I, and it's, it's even like when Joe Montana was kicking, kicking, you know, Dallas's butt. It was just fun to watch greatness, man. And Tom Brady is the great, he, you are watching every time he steps on a football field, you're watching the greatest player to ever play a position in sports. No one's been better than Tom Brady, a quarterback. Nobody, right? The numbers are there. The stats are there. He's 43 years old. He's going to his 10th Super Bowl. Okay. And, and you can give Bill Belichick all the credit you want. Hell yeah. Bill Belichick's maybe, not maybe, he's a top five coach all time. But Tom Brady leaves and the Patriots go to hell. And <laughs> and, 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 and they, they, really. they kind of were, they were on their way last season. I think that's why Brady got out. He's yeah. Like, yeah I think not, do I'm, I'm, we, we don't you know, have enough talent. It. We're not going to be able to compete. And he goes to Tampa Bay. And I know Tampa Bay's got a lot of talent, but there's a lot of teams in the league got a lot of talent to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, Cowboys. I mean, geez, like every year it seems like not this past season, but it happens all the time. All the time. I mean, like, who cares how much talent you have on paper? You got to get there. And so, for me, I'm I'm picking the Chiefs to win in a close game, but I'd I'd rather I'd like to see the Buccaneers win. Honestly, like, and I'm I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't have a I don't have a dog in the fight. Typically I root for the NFC team unless it's an NFC East team. That's not no the Cowboys. I won't root for Washington, the Giants, or the Eagles to win a Super Bowl because I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm bitter. But other than that, I typically do root for, you know, the NFC or I'll root for a big underdog, whatever, whatever the case may be. And there's no underdog in this game. This one's close. So I I'll go Kansas City, but I would like to see Tom Brady win. The I feel like the the one the one thing here that that leans me towards Kansas City is that. The Chiefs don't have to play a perfect game to win. They have been winning games all season long, close games. They haven't played perfectly, but they're winning. Tom Brady needs to play a near-perfect game. The Buccaneers need to play a near-perfect game in all three phases to win this game. Tom Brady throws three interceptions like he did against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. They got no shot to win. None. No chance. If Kansas City wins a special teams battle and they have a better special teams, that's, that's a problem too. If Kansas City wins the time of possession uh, and the, you know, the 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 field position battle, Tampa Bay is going to lose. So Tampa's got to come out and play a perfect game and maybe they will. It'll be fun. No doubt. Definitely looking forward to that. Looking
3: forward to that. So it'd be fun to be back with you next week to to put a bow on that and get ready for the rest of the regular season. But before we get up out of here, take a couple of moments and check out my guys, Michael Fabiano, Ben Heisler and the great Mark Ingram.
0: The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize—not just some trophy. So DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000 bucks. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Now, for all new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of an offer. DraftKings is giving you a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. Yep, you heard that right. All it takes is one touchdown, Brady and Mahomes, and your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BULL, B-U-L-L, to enter the free $55 $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Plus, all new customers will have a shot to double their money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's code BULL, B-U-L-L, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash predictions dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Colorado, one 800 4700 What's up, everybody? This is the SI Fantasy Podcast, another special edition. Ben Heisler, Michael Fabiano. It's presented by DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. Very excited to be joined on the show today by one of the best running backs we've seen in the NFL over the last several years, a three-time Pro Bowler. He is joining us on behalf of Eggo Waffles, which holds a special place in my heart as my uh, 20-month-old son's favorite breakfast food, and uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, long-time running back is good enough to join us. So, Mark, I appreciate you making time for us. And it sounds like you're you're putting a lot of smiles on a lot of parents' faces. You're helping make personalized social media videos. You're becoming a part of a movement that's getting over 1 million waffles uh, across the country to some parents that need it. People can go to LegoWithEgo.com to get all that checked out. You're you're putting a lot of smiles on people's faces this morning.
1: Hey, man, you gonna make me give a percentage? Not just playing. You know, you plugged it. No, but uh, yeah, man, I'm here partnering with. Lego with Ego, like you said, man, I have four kids. You have a 20 month old son. You know, the mornings could be crazy, they could be hectic. So I'm partnering with Lego, which is helping parents win and embrace the small wins. You know what I mean? You let go of that morning at Mayhem and you embrace the small wins, like the comfort of having a warm, beautiful Ego waffle for breakfast. So uh, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great thing, like you said, giving away 1 million waffles. Y'all go tap in with LegoEgo.com because they're just trying to help the parents out, man. They're trying to help the parents let go of the morning stress, let go of the morning mayhem with ego. Embrace the small wins. It's a win for the parent. It's a win for the child. Everyone's happy. You know, the kids are happy. They're eating good. The parent gets to eat, you know, you get to have your morning cup of coffee, get to tap in with, you know, what's going on with the Joneses on CNN or on your phone, whatever your app is where you get your news source, you know, while the kids is eating ego, ego waffles. So um, my kids smash them. They had some this morning before they went to school. And uh, I smash them too. So um, at legoego.com, 1 million free waffles. I need all the parents to tap in because they're trying to bless y'all. They're trying to help you out. Let, let go of that mayhem. Embrace the small wins. That's what we're doing. Lego with ego.com. All the social media platforms, they got it. You want to know about it? Go follow them on the social media platforms. Lego with ego.com. Hey, Lego with ego. That's what we on.
0: <laughs> this is what we need man we, we need a, a new hype man for the world of for the world of waffles for Aggo waffles and listen it, it doesn't just have to be our kids right like i can smash them too I, I go almond butter with a little bit of raspberries maybe a little bit of whipped cream on top of the waffle like i, I gotta know since this is like near and dear to your heart as well if we were doing like a, a waffle fantasy draft right for toppings on a waffle and, and i say all right you can have syrup you can have fruit butter whipped cream like if you have the number one pick in your ego waffle topping fantasy draft. Like, what's that choice for you, man? So that
1: thing coming hot, crispy, golden, out of the toaster. Fresh slice of butter goes on immediately. Let the butter melt into the waffle. Let it soak. Let it rest. You know what I mean? Then you put the waffles. I mean, then you put the syrup on it. Then you put, you know, you slice up a little bit of the strawberries. You know, cut them very detailed and precise. Put the strawberries on top of the waffle. And if you're really feeling spiffy, you might throw some whipped cream on top of that. So, um, you know, you can freak the Eggo waffle however you want. You can put your own twist on it. You know, I like to do that sometimes. And then sometimes my kids, if we've been in a rush, they walking out bare smashing the Eggo waffle. (laughs) So just no topping, no butter, no nothing. They just, you know, the flavors, everything. You know what I mean? So, um, but that's how I'm freaking my Eggo waffle, you know, with a little butter, a little syrup, a little strawberries. And if I'm really feeling, you know, feeling good about myself, like I had some workouts in or I got a workout in coming in later, i throw some whipped cream on top. You know what I mean? And that's how that's how that's how we let go with my ego.
0: Fabs, I got to tell you, just as someone who's spent the last several years in Kansas City, the, the only person that I've seen talk more glowingly about food in an interview besides our guy Mark Ingram Andy Reid, like Andy Reid has talked about building the perfect cheeseburger. Big Red. (laughs) uh, Big Red. So I got to tell you, man, like this is exciting. And also it's clearly evident that you know, you, you've not only been a great running back in the NFL for several years, but I Amir, mean, when it comes to being a hype man in this league, like that's another accolade that I think you can add to your list. Because for the last two years, it, it feels like you've been that number one hype man for Lamar Jackson. You know, if you had a microphone, you got behind it to tell the world about your guy. Like he won an MVP, he won a playoff game. And I'm wondering for someone that's gotten to spend the last couple of years playing alongside with Lamar. Why do you think that the, just so many traditional talent evaluators, like they just can't seem to give Lamar that credit that he's rightfully earned?
1: Man, listen, man, when you when you good at what you do, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people that doubt you. And, um, you know, that's sometimes motivating. That, that keeps a chip on your shoulder. That keeps a fire lit up under you. And um, Lamar literally, I don't know why people, you know, don't give my guy the credit that he's due. Um he, he, he's done it on in the college level. He's done it in the high school level. He's done it on the pro level. Like it's time to get a man the credit and, you know, um, he can do everything, man. He he's obviously as gifted as a runner with the as we've ever seen from the quarterback position. Um, he can make every throw possible. We've seen and you can pull it up, you know, outside the numbers, deep passes, short passes, like he can make every throw in the book. Um, you know, it's just what we just have to continue to improve, continue to get better. And he will man, cause he's a hard worker, man. And, um, with the weight on his shoulders and all the criticism, he just lets that walk, you know, roll right off his back, man. He's built for it, and um, he'll be a great player in this league for a long time. And uh, I'm happy for him, and he's gonna continue to get better, man. He's still so young, man. That's what's scary. His best, his best years are still ahead of him. So um, I'm excited for him. You know, that's my guy for life. And um, uh, you know, I just go hard for my people, man. So um, if 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 I'm with you and you my guy and I rock with you and I love you, I'm gonna go hard for you. You know what I mean? I'm rocking with Egos right now. I'm rocking with Eggo waffle right now. I'm gonna go hard for them. They're my people. So uh, whoever I'm with, I'm, I'm gonna go hard about that. I'm, 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 I'm gonna turn it. I'm gonna turn up for them. And uh, that's that's just what I do. I show love to my people.
2: Mark number one. I'm hungry now. Uh, I'm into the blueberry <laughs> uh, Egos, man. So you can hit me up with a stack of those. I'd be thrilled at this point. You can actually hand them off to me. You'll play quarterback. I'll be the back. Thank you. I need some of that, my man. So. You talked about playing with Lamar Jackson, obviously a very mobile quarterback. And then in New Orleans, you played with Drew Brees, more of a pocket passer type. What are the advantages of playing with each style of quarterback uh, in the National Football League as it pertains to being a running back?
1: Well, Drew Brees, man, uh, he is just a a technician at the position. Like, um, he will dissect your defense if you're not giving him, you know, looks that kind of confuse him which doesn't happen often, but he will dissect your, you know, your defense. You know, he's uh, switching protections at the line of scrimmage, switching plays at the line of scrimmage. He's um knowing the coverages, how they're going to roll the safeties, how they're going to try to stop our offense. They know how he, he knows that stuff. He's studying that stuff and he just knows how to attack it. And um, Lamar, man, like you said, one of the most, probably the most mobile quarterback we've ever seen. Right. And, um, you could literally have the perfect defense drawn up. Everybody covered. Guys have contained, you know. And he somehow finds a way to squeeze through the line of scrimmage and outrun your linebacker and make your safety miss to get third and 14 when you had the perfect defensive call. I mean, that's the ultimate equalizer. And that's how Lamar makes you pay. Like, and if you want to, you know, if you, if you rush him, he kind of buys time and he makes a throw. If you, uh, if you, if, if you sit back in the zone, he'll pick you apart with his arm because he can throw. But um, the ultimate equalizer with him is, I've seen it, like third and 16, second and 18. Like, the defense has everyone covered downfield. The the, the defensive line has contained on the edges, not letting them break the pocket. And somehow he just squirms through, makes a lineman miss, outruns the linebacker, breaks his safety, first down, chains moving, defensive coordinator's mad, and he don't know what to do. But, um, both of them are tremendous quarterbacks, man. Um, I'm blessed to have been able to have the opportunity to play both of them. Drew Brees, the first battle Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson has the opportunity to be a Hall of Famer. He has to continue to improve, continue to get better, continue to perfect his craft, and he will. Um, that's what he's built for, and uh, he's been doing it his whole life. So um, I'm just blessed to have been able to play with both those quarterbacks.
0: You know, Mark, you spoke glowingly about both of those quarterbacks. You've spoken very highly of, of Ego Waffles. You've been talking about everybody else, but I want to talk about you for a little bit. Uh, as somebody who has been one of the better NFL running backs, especially at, at yards after – contact like you just throw dudes off of you and that's sort of symbolic uh, to it. the way that you like to play the game and that's grown man strength that's something that you know i maybe i shouldn't speak for fabs but me personally like i'm not throwing anybody off of me i don't know what that's like <laughs> no I, i'm not either
1: <laughs> i'm not underestimating you man you might be able to give a little somebody a little swipe past them on keep running you know i'm not underestimating you
0: you got goals like we're, we're going to work towards it. We're just not there yet. But is, is there anything more fun maybe other than scoring a touchdown about just taking another big, strong human being, and just ah, tossing them off to the side? Yeah.
1: Scoring a touchdown is awesome. But anytime you got a defender and you can just stiff arm them into the ground and keep going or break them and keep going. And you hear the crowd go, Ooh, or Ah, and when you run it for a touchdown and you look at the film later and you say, okay, yeah, I got him up off me. Get up off me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good feeling when you throw a grown man to the ground in front of his family on TV and you keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, I, I don't. You know, think it
1: works the other way, too. It works the other way, too, sometimes. So you always got to stay on your P's and your Q's. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to experience that feeling of throwing another grown man to the ground, unfortunately. But that's why I'm a fantasy football analyst and <laughs> not an NFL player. Speaking <laughs> of NFL players, I, I, I will admit to you, I have a very unhealthy fantasy man crush on J.K. Dobbins. I think this yeah. kid is going to be an absolute superstar in the Her National said, Unhealthy. And he already <laughs> showed some flashes of it uh, during his rookie campaign, Mark. Tell everybody out there, why well, J.K. Dobbins deserves to be a high-round draft pick in 2021 Fantasy Leagues and what he brings to the table uh, for the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Hey, man, that's why you're the best at what you do. I mean, you just made the call. J.K. Dobbins is definitely a high-value pick for your Fantasy Leagues. I mean, this guy, you saw what he did to the end of the year. Man, he had what I think – a touchdown in every game leading up until the last game that we played. So, um, obviously, he's getting fed. You know what I mean? They will feed the JK. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he's, just a, he's a good back, man. He's a good back. He's going to be a good player in, his le- in this league for a long time. He, he can run inside. He can run outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, does well in pass protection. So, um, he's going to continue to, uh, uh, you know, improve on his game, and he's only going to continue to improve. So, um, that's a good pick by my guy Mike right here. And, um, that's why he's the best at what he does for making calls. And, uh, you know, like he did with my guy, JK. So, um, wishing all the best for JK.
0: Look at you, Fabs. You're already getting preseason awards. Like the season isn't over. We got JK Great. in the top 10. Like this is. Uh, this Mar- is Mar- Mar- well I'll,
2: I'll send you that, uh, $20 on Venmo. Once we're done here, pal.
1: All good. When you win your league, just give me a small percentage. It's all good. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Mark, you've got,
0: a ch- you've got a chance to play for some pretty incredible coaches over the course of your career. You obviously have Nick Saban at Alabama, uh, Sean Payton in New Orleans, John Harbaugh. Uh, any good stories about playing for, for dudes that have gotten to that championship level? They're intense, but they, uh, I've heard they also have a pretty funny side to them too.
1: Yeah, they, they, um, they all are kind of like, you know, they're all very driven. They're all very focused on the task ahead, which is winning. You know what I mean? So they're all you know, all their energy is focused towards winning. But they all think they're jokesters. They all think they got jokes and, and they clown a little bit. But they're not funny. They're not funny. No, they are. They are. No. All of them are cool. Coach Saban, he's cool, man. Sean is the man And Harv's man. Uh, my last two years with Harvest has been, uh, you know, great, great. Uh, it's been great with the Ravens. So uh, I've been thankful, been blessed to be able to play for three amazing coaches who have winning culture and who are personable with the men in their locker room. Uh, That's something that I respect the most is uh, just personable, treat men with respect and, um, you know, uh, treat men as men and with much respect. So I appreciate all three of my coaches that I've played for since I've been in college, even before that, my high school coaches. I appreciate them, too, because all of them uh, kind of developed me to what I am right now uh, talking to you guys. So Sean Payton, Nick Saban, um, you know, Coach Harbs, you know, Coach Lee, High school, um, I'm thankful to, to all those guys, man. They've uh, definitely made a positive impact on my life.
2: And Mark, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Besides yourself, of course, who is the best running back to ever come out of Alabama?
1: <sighs> okay. See, you know, everyone wants to go with the Derrick Henry answer right now, right? So besides my husband, everyone wants to go with Derrick Henry, which is justified. The man is running crazy right now. I just went for 2,000, eighth person in the history of the league. So congrats to my guy, D. Henry. But, you know, we go back, you know, you got Sean Alexander, a legend in his own right, MVP in his own right in the NFL. Um, You know, many guys, man. So uh, Sean Alexander, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, it had to be one of those guys other than myself. You know what I mean? I was the first one to do it. You know what I mean? So I ain't new to it. I'm true to it. You know what I mean? But uh, no, but um, Sean Alexander, Derrick Henry, you know, we RBU, man. I'll go down the list. You know, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Keenan Drake, T.J. Yeldon, um, Josh Jacobs. We got Najee Harris coming out this year. Um, we got more dogs in the stable waiting to be unleashed at Bama. Uh, it's just RBU. So uh, the best of all of us is irrelevant because <laughs> we all the best. We RBU. We holding it down for the RB. So roll tired all day, every day. And we're going to see another legendary RB next year suiting up for the Crimson Tide. So, Roll Tide, baby.
0: No, it's just unfair, Fab's the amount of insane talent to come out of the University of Alabama yeah. year after year after year. The rest of college football fans are like, hey, we, we want a shot. Like, let's just give us something. But uh, it continues to be absolutely, like you said, RBU. Mark, you've been super generous with your time. I just have a couple quick questions for you. First of all, going back to you personally, you know what what's next for you, man? Is there a potential situation where you guys and your agents you're talking about what's next and and what you'd ultimately like to do next year and trying to find that right team and right connection? Where do you Currently
1: stand with that. Man, um I'm 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 excited about the opportunity, man. Um unfortunately the season happened the way it did, but you know, I'm I'm fortunate because I'm healthy, I'm fresh, and I feel great. You know, I can play this game at a high level. And uh whatever team that I do go to, uh, they're getting somebody who's hungry, who has a chip on their shoulder, and who can still play this game at a high level you can be a close philosoph- playmaker for your team and uh be a great person for the locker room and for the city. So um I'm excited about the opportunity. I don't know where I'm gonna land yet. Um, I just want to go to a team that, uh, you know, who needs me, the team who wants me. And, uh, you know, I'll be excited to, you know, bring, you know, everything that I can bring to to that organization, to that team, to that city. So, um, you know, I know I can still play this game at a high level. I'm excited to play this game at a high level. I'm fresh going to my new team. I'm healthy going to my new team. So I'm just excited about what the future holds. And, um, you know, we'll see who's interested. We'll see who's calling. And we'll make the right decisions for uh, where I'm best suited. So. I um, obviously want to win the championship. I obviously want to run for a lot more yards I'm trying to run down 10,000, trying to make it to that 10,000 rushing yard club. So um, got a lot of got a lot of work to do, but I'm excited about it, and I'm working for it.
0: Whatever comes next, man, we're wishing you all the best. Before we let you go, you know this Chiefs team really well. You've played them the last couple of years. They've had some tough matchups with you guys, and you've held them close. Uh, I, I don't know if you had an opportunity to to go up against Tampa the last couple of years, but do you have a prediction for the game between Kansas City and Tampa Bay and, and who you like? I haven't went against
1: the new, the new Tampa, you know, but I did play Tampa twice a year for eight years. But um, so I know their defense is style, I know their defense is strong. But um, yeah, the Chiefs, they're a problem, man. You know, I've played them the past two years. Um, and uh yeah, that that Mahomes, dude, he's a problem. You know what I mean? Uh, uh everything they, they they everything they put around them, all the playmakers, you know what I mean? Uh it's it's tough, man. And then the defense they're just opportunistic. You know what I mean? They're opportunistic. And uh, they they create turnovers, they create negative plays, and they just do it, they do a good job, man. They're well coached. Their entire team is well coached. And um, you know, the Bucks, they're hot, man. They they hit their stride at the right time. Tom Brady's doing his thing. You know, you can never go against him once six Super Bowls, he's going for a seventh. And um, you know, they're well coached with Arians. the uh, defense that's stout, got playmakers at running back, receiver, tight ends. Uh, got a good offensive line. So um, it's going to be a good game, man. It's going to be a good game. And uh, uh I, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of torn between it. But somehow I think Mahomes is going to find a way to score one more point than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a dogfight, a battle. Uh, it'll probably come down to whoever has the ball last. But for some reason, I just think Mahomes is going to find a way to score one more point than the other team. And, um, you know, it was just tough, man. That dude's special, and uh, he's a difference maker. Uh, you know, he's a difference, <laughs> for sure.
0: One-point prediction win from our guy, Mark Ingram. Appreciate you making time for us, man. Continue success, continue good health, and uh, Fabs and I are going to go heat up some waffles now, man. Appreciate your time. Yep.
1: Lego ego.com. Check them out. One million free waffles.